0: for the moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I'm Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right.
1: Today, we will be interviewing Paul Jarvis, who is an entrepreneur and the author of the book Company of One, which has been translated into 18 different languages. So here's the interview. Well, welcome, Mr. Jarvis, to the interview. Um, it's great to have you on our show.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on.
1: Yeah, so you are the author of the book, Company of One, which is basically about how staying small is the next big business thing. So could you tell our listeners um, what stay- why staying small is good for the business world?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, in business, I guess the what people mostly believe is that growth is always good, always beneficial, always something that needs to happen for business to succeed. And uh, my book basically just challenges that idea. Like maybe we can question growth. Maybe we can think about um what if we have enough what if we have enough revenue what if we have enough customers um what if we have enough to be um happy with the business that we built we don't have to build these massive companies like uh like Facebook or Microsoft or Uber i wouldn't personally want to run a business like that that seems like a lot of work and a lot of responsibility <laughs> <laughs> I like I like having a small business where I have the least amount of responsibility and the most amount of revenue. So I really really the book is just about um, figuring out what success means to each of us individually because it can be different for for everybody, I think.
1: Yeah, that's definitely really interesting. and a lot of people thought so because your book's been translated into 18 different languages is what I saw. so that's really cool and it only came out like last year. Yeah, so, thank you. That's cool. So what is the difference between um being a freelancer and having a company of one, as you say?
2: Yeah, I think and I've been both. <laughs> um for the first probably 15 years or so, I was a freelancer. And I guess I've transitioned now into being a company of one or however you want to put it, like entrepreneur, I guess. I think I think there's a lot of overlap between the two, but I think service-based work, so web design for clients, writing for clients. They work with people in a one-to-one relationship. Whereas I think a company of one, for the most part, uh, works with people in a one-to-many relationship. So say I build something or I do something like I write a book. I don't just sell that to one person. It'd be very bad business. Books aren't worth that much money. So selling it to one person wouldn't work out uh, financially. So I think companies have one focus on uh, products and one to many relationships, whether it's software or books or, or whatever it is. And they kind of separate uh, making money um, and time spent building the product. So if I'm a freelancer, I get paid when I'm working on the thing. If a client hires me to do a website, I'm getting paid because I'm doing the website Whereas with a product uh, for a company of one, it's I'm going to take time to build the thing and I'm probably not getting paid to build it, but then once it's ready, I'm going to put it out there and I don't have to keep writing to sell the, the book, right? Like I've spent all the time. I spent probably a year writing the book and then people can find it and buy it. And I don't have to do anything. It's kind of separate. People call that passive income and I don't actually think it's that passive. Because it requires a lot of work. <laughs> it requires a lot of work in the beginning. And then if it's a company that sells products, it requires like my other business is a software company. It requires a lot of work um outside of that. But I can still make my, like I can still wake up in the morning and see, oh, okay, I made a bunch of money today. But then I still have to work during the day to keep making money in the, while I'm sleeping. Um so I think that's kind of the main difference is it's kind of a, a service one-to-one relationship to a product one-to-many relationship for a company of one.
1: Yeah, that's definitely really interesting. And I think another book uh, that one of our other guests recommended was Four Hour Work Week by yeah. Tim Ferriss. I believe that also talks about that. Yeah. So what actually inspired you to write The Company of One?
2: Um, well... It's kind, it was kind of an accident. It's just, I, I became an entrepreneur by accident. Um, I've written a newsletter called The Sunday Dispatches for about eight years now. And I basically write an article, send it out to my list every Sunday. That's why I named it The Sunday Dispatches, because it made me write and have to write something every Sunday. Um, And I sent an article out to my list, this is probably three-ish years ago now, where I just wanted to explain to my audience, this is why I don't want to have a big company, this is why I question growth, this is what success means to me. It was just more of like an explanation. This is why I'm weird in business. Um, (laughs) This is just so you can understand me a bit better. And I was talking about why I don't care about growth and i usually get a couple hundred replies to my newsletter and this i think i got like 14 or 1500 replies and i was like whoa <laughs> I, I, struck <laughs> a, awesome. I struck a nerve thank you i struck a nerve with people um, and then i use that to find a literary agent who then used that to sell it to a publisher because no agent's gonna to wanna to work with somebody if they don't think they can sell that idea to a publisher. And no publisher is gonna to wanna to work with an author unless they think, okay, I can sell this idea for the book to lots of people. Because like I said, you can't sell a book to one person and make money. It has to be it has to be volume, right? It has to be tens or hundreds or millions, tens or hundreds of thousands or millions of books sold for it to be a worthwhile business thing.
1: Yeah, that's definitely really interesting. So um, going on to like um, what what ideas and concepts would teenagers do you think um, glean from the company of one book, even though they aren't business owners
2: yeah, I think <clears throat> just thinking back to when I was a teenager a very long time ago <laughs> um, I think that at, at least when i was when I was younger and when I was in school, I was basically told by well-intentioned adults that, hey, if this is like, you do well in school, you have to go to university, you do well in university, you get like a job that you're going to have for, for years and years and years. Um, And that's not really the case anymore. Like most people I know don't have the same job for more than a couple years. And I think that y- you have to kind of think about, okay, well, what, um, what do I want? Right? Like, I think you can't, you can't want to be a doctor and not go to school. I don't think anybody would want to get operated on by a doctor that (laughs) learned from YouTube. That's just not, you probably have to go to school for that. I, I would imagine. But I think for, for other things, you have to think, okay, well, what is it that I actually want? Like what do, and that can change. Obviously when I was younger, I think I want, well, when I was really young, I wanted to be a dinosaur. Then when I was a teenager, um, I think I wanted to be an engineer or something. I wanted to do artificial intelligence stuff. And that obviously changed. I do absolutely nothing to do with artificial intelligence now. But I think that there's not really one path that we that you need to follow. There are many, many paths. And I think thinking about as well, like how how you want to learn and how you do learn. Like I didn't really like uh university. I didn't like learning in university the way that they were kind of teaching things. So I quit and a lot of adults in my life were like, oh, it's the worst decision ever. Um, like this is just gonna this is just gonna hurt you. And it's like, well, I can always go back. Like it's not like university say, oh, you dropped out, you're never allowed back in kind (laughs) of thing. Like you could go back if you wanted. I ended up not having to, but I think a lot of it comes down to just like what um what do you want? Like for business especially, you don't really not not very many entrepreneurs have gone to school and done a ton of schooling for it, right? I mean, I think school can be important. All of my family are teachers. They would probably dislike me if I said school wasn't <laughs> important um, but I think that we can kind of think about okay well what what is it that we want and maybe there's another way to learn um, that's more beneficial maybe it's an internship, maybe it 's an apprenticeship, maybe it's just like figuring things out. Like when I was this, and this was in the, I guess, mid nineties, there really wasn't schooling for the type of work that I wanted to be doing. So I just had to go and do it. Now things have changed obviously, but I think that there's, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's not just one way or one path to get to where you want to go. There could be infinite paths, just like in the book. There's not just one version of success. You can decide for yourself, This is, I, if I achieve this, then this is success for me. And it might not be a big company, it might not be school, might not be, it, it could be anything, right? So I think that we have the ability to, to make those choices and to figure things out for ourselves and even be wrong and then walk back and then do things in a different or, or better way.
1: Yeah, I really like the idea of you don't have one path. There are many paths to get to the same destination especially when you mentioned um, dropping out of college and how everyone thought that was the worst decision of your life. You said, well, I always could go back. When I forgot and I always forget, like when all these people like um, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and all these people drop out of college, it's like, oh no, that's the worst decision of their life. Well, they could go back. And a lot of people forget that. That's really yeah, interesting. If don't
2: work out, yeah, if things don't work out, then you could go back. There were people, even when I was in university, there was people in their 30s and 40s in the same program as me. And they probably did the same thing. They decided when they were younger, they wanted to do something else or they did something, they got a degree in something else and then realized, oh, computers might be important or this this whole internet thing can catch on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. So why do you think your idea of having a company alone one, has been so disruptive in the business world?
2: Um, I think because the, the current paradigm in business is that uh, that you, you do things one way and you achieve one thing. right? Like Elon Musk has a couch in his office because he works so long that he has to sleep. I have a couch in my office because I like naps and I just like to watch <laughs> Netflix in the middle of the day if I feel like it. And so I, I think the, the idea that, that we can question growth, Um, really takes a shot at the way that a lot of um, like business experts and business gurus and even the um, the investing world kind of treats um, what a success is in business because especially in venture capital like investing in that there is only what like you only really get your money back as a as a venture capitalist if a company grows by a ton and then goes on the stock market and then you get a a whole bunch of money. And it doesn't have to be like that. Like none of the businesses I've ever run have ever taken investment, right? So I think that just, I I think it's disruptive because it shows that there's another way and there's infinite other ways.
1: So yeah, what you're going back to what you said about multiple paths, they find it disruptive because it's the fact that there are multiple ways. I don't just have to ask you for money. I can do it on my own.
2: Yeah. And you can start, you can start small and you can iterate. You can start with a tiny idea that kind of, that you can make money off of um, like evenings and weekends kind of thing. And then you can see if it grows, if it doesn't grow, then maybe that wasn't a good business idea. If it does grow, then maybe you can grow a little more like the the current software business I have. um, It started out just as like, a side project for myself and my co-founder. And now it's basically our full-time job. We just hired um, a privacy officer. I have a bunch of lawyers involved because we're dealing with privacy and Europe has all these new privacy laws and we'd like to stay on top of that. But it started out as something we would literally work on after five o'clock, after we'd finished the work that we were getting paid to do. And then the only reason we work on it full-time now is because it started like, making a bit more money than making it then next month. they made a bit more money than next month. they made a bit more money. And we didn't need investors for that. We actually turned down um, lots of investors because we don't, we don't want to give up control of our business. And we don't see a reason to take money. For, like if somebody was like, Hey, here's a million dollars for your business. It'd be like, what's actually going to change in our business. Like, it'd be nice to have a million dollars, but it, it's not going to help our business. It's not going to help our customers um, by taking that money. And so for for us, it doesn't even make sense to take any any kind of capital at this time.
1: That yeah, that's like a very smart way of looking at it. But it also makes a lot of sense. Like that that's really funny that a lot of people don't seem to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we kind of like the the businesses may, and I think this is kind of the 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 book really keeps coming back to the word enough, right? Like, how much is enough? Um, how much is enough success enough money? And, and I think when you get to like Jeff Bezos level, like money is kind of just a theory at that point, like billions and billions of dollars, you can't, you can't spend, like, you can't go to the mall and spend that money. You can't go on, can't even go on Amazon, his product (laughs) and somehow spend billions of the billions of dollars that he makes. So it's just like money at that point is just conceptual. And it's like, I don't know if my life would be better if I had billions of dollars and had to run a company with so many employees, with so many issues, especially with COVID and the workers and the fact, like that to me, just, it seems like that would be really stressful. And I I don't like stress. I would rather just have a business where, obviously there's some stressful days. Like it's not, I don't wake up every day and rainbows and butterflies shoot out of my fingers. (laughs) Sometimes things are hard, but I also don't want a business where I'm responsible for that many other people and that many complicated systems. I don't like complexity. I just like things to be simple.
1: That, yeah, that is really interesting. And it's really smart the way you run your business.
2: Thank you.
0: So why do you think it's so instinctive for businesses to want to grow?
2: Yeah, that's that's a good question. And I think that a lot of it comes down to our own ego, right? Like, if somebody asks me, like, well, what do you do? And I say, I'm an entrepreneur. And they're like, well, how, how big is your company? Like, how many employees do you have? And it just seems like it, it would sound better to other people if I said, oh, yeah, I've got ai have a thousand employees across like 10 offices in five countries. That would sound cool. I'd, in theory, but in practicality, I wouldn't want to be responsible for that many people. So I think a lot of times it comes down to ego. Like it seems like we would look better to others if we had more. Whereas I think if if you think about it and you think about, well, your business is basically what you do for most of your day. I don't want to run a business for other people. I want to run a business for myself. I want to be happy with with my own choices. And so I think that it's hard um, to, kind of, to kind of separate our egos from, from the work that we do. And I mean, um, a guy named Edward Abbey in 1978, which is actually the year that I was born, <laughs> said that growth for growth's sake is the ideology of a cancer cell. And I think that I don't want to just choose growth because it seems like it's a good idea. Like I have the ability to possess reason. Like with decisions that I make in my life, I can reason and think about, is this the right thing for me? And so with growth, it's like in the beginning of any business growth makes sense. Cause if you have zero revenue and zero customers, you need more, (laughs) like you can't run a business with nothing. But I think if we don't, and I think this is the problem and this is kind of um, what it comes down to Maddie with your question is that in the beginning, we think that growth is good because it, it literally and actually is good to go from zero to something. And if we don't question that, we always assume the growth is good. So in the beginning, we say, oh, yeah, growth is good because I, I, I'm now making money. This is a good thing. And then if we never question it, we are just always think that, oh, yeah, growth is good, right? Like growth is always good. But if we get to a point where it's like, okay, well, this seems like it's enough or this seems like I can take my foot off the gas pedal a little bit and I can focus on other things, then that requires some introspection and some thinking. And a lot of business people don't like the um, the philosophy or the internal thinking because it takes your focus in your mind off of the actual work that you're doing to think about your business kind of above it and thinking about it from a high level versus the operational day-to-day stuff. So yeah, I think that people... Just need to take a step back and think, like, okay, does this growth still benefit me? Does this growth still benefit my customers? Does this growth still benefit the happiness that I have daily for the tasks that I have to do to run my company?
0: That's a great point and definitely a new perspective because I feel like it's so natural for all these business owners. They just want to grow and grow until they can't anymore. But like you said, and you've been pointing out this entire interview, that's not always great. So on a more lighthearted note, these are two questions that we ask everyone every interview. So what books have had an impact on you and why?
2: Um, Cal Newport's Deep Work, for sure. Um, I think because it it kind of touches on uh, the the taking a step back and thinking about things from a bit higher level where um, I think deep focus work is when you're an entrepreneur, you're getting pulled in every direction at all times. Like there's just like, I could check my email now and I probably have two or three support emails since we started this conversation. (laughs) Um, But I think that it's important to take time to have deep and focused work where there are no interruptions, where you can just stop and think or stop and and, and do something that requires a lot of brain power. So not having social media open, not having email open, just sitting and, and working or sitting and thinking. And I think that's, Those are two of probably the biggest tasks, um, most important tasks that entrepreneurs can have. I mean, even for the book that I wrote, and I mean, I I think I read Deep Work once a year, and I have since it came out many, many years ago. And so even for something like my book, Company of One, I, I think I wrote the first draft of that in three months. And I was only able to do that in three months because I didn't look at Twitter Um, I checked my email maybe once every couple of days. I didn't have any other tasks on my plate. I wasn't trying to launch a new feature with my other business. I was just focused on the book. And by doing that, I was able to work faster because every morning I woke up and it's like, it's my job today to work on the book. My only job, my only task today is to work on getting the book one little step further along. And so I think that that's really important to to be able to make that time to have the, the focused space, not just like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, like days or weeks at a time to just, okay, this is the one thing that I have to do. And I don't, I'm, I'm not distracted by anything else. I don't even have notifications on my computer, except for calendar things. Somebody texts me. I don't know if somebody messages me on social media. I don't know. Somebody emails me. I don't know. I just, I I, st- I turned notifications off probably six years ago and my life hasn't gone badly. My business hasn't gone badly. So I think, I think this idea that we have where we need to be on top of things or FOMO or whatever, it, however the heck you want to call it. I don't think it it really matters. Like I don't, I don't need to be notified I don't need my time interrupted by other people. I would rather check on those things when I have time, when I have scheduled, like, okay, this is 20 minutes where I'm going to, like, look at Twitter. And that's fine. That's exciting sometimes when, when there's interesting, non-crappy things going on in the world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Deep Work, Cal Newport, super, super useful book, I think.
0: Great. That sounds like an amazing book. And I feel like that's a lesson a lot of people need to learn, just live a more simplistic life. So we'll definitely check that out. Cool. Yeah, in fact,
1: I've read that book twice already. And that's okay. literally one of my favorite books and authors. And I saw in the back of your book that he had read and reviewed your book. Yeah, so that was that's awesome.
2: We it's a funny story. We share the same editor at the publishing oh, wow. company. And the reason why I picked the publisher and the editor, because every time if you sign a publishing deal, you get assigned an editor and they're kind of the the movie director of your book. And the reason I went with the editor and the publisher that I did is because he works with Cal Newport. I'm like, oh, if he's good enough for Cal, <laughs> he's good enough for me.
1: Oh yeah, that's totally <laughs> awesome. We'd love to have him at some point. So yeah,
2: he's almost impossible to, to get a hold of. I can't. I, I've never even talked to him. I just <laughs> know him through my publisher. So I've never talked to him directly because so he's not on. He's not, on, he's, not on, he's not really on the internet, which is awesome. I
1: know. It, it's insane, but like he's written so many books that he's almost unreachable. So
2: yeah. that's really cool. I like it. I aspire to be that.
1: one. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully you're not because we were able to reach you.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm actually pretty easy to reach. So,
1: yeah. So our last question is what advice do you have for teenagers?
2: Yeah, I think thinking about what it is that you want and obviously that can change um and thinking about what success looks like in your life in the future and i mean the like i said that that can obviously change it's changed for me so many times even my 30s it changed 40s it changed like it changes all the time but just having this kind of idea in your head like taking a step back and looking at your life and the things that you're doing like what what is it that i want right like what is it and and i think it it kind of becomes a bit philosophical at that point. So the way that I like to think about it is how do I want to spend my day? Because that's, a, that's an easier answer and that's so practical. So if I like, you want to run a business, if you want to take the entrepreneurial route, then how do you want to spend your day? Because if you're running a company that's massive, your day is going to look very different than if you're like me, like this is a, a spare bedroom in my house and this is where I've worked for 20 years Right, so I can take time during the day to to go for a bike ride or play in the garden or or do a bit of work sometimes, um, so I think thinking about okay well wh- what is it? how do I want to spend my day, and what do I need to do, and what do I need to accomplish to get there? and what does what does that success look like like maybe it isn't like i don't think anybody really needs to make a billion dollars and i think a lot of people have the goal like oh i'll be successful if i make a billion dollars or even like i'll be successful if i make six figures or seven figures and it just it could it could never end you could just keep going until money becomes conceptual like we talked about and i think we don't need there's a study done i think it was pew research did a study and i think they found that the the amount of money that people need to make in the Western world was a lot, was significantly less than what people might assume. I think it was like 60 or 70 grand a year, which is still a lot of money, but it's not like, like that's, that is attainable. I think for for a large number of people where your happiness decreases as you make money past that point, like obviously you're happier as you make more money. But up into like, if you have no money and make some money, you're obviously going to be happier because your life going to be better because you can pay for rent or mortgage, put food on the table, all of those like literal necessities that, that people need. To pay for health care if you live in the states, that kind of thing. But there, what the study found is that there kind of reaches a peak in that where as soon as you start making more money than than that. It, you have more responsibility, more stress. And like the, it's kind of like a bell curve, right? So like your happiness goes down and your stress increases as you make significantly more money. You see more social pressures. If you make a ton of money, then you have to um, like, keep up with the Joneses or that sort of thing. And it's like, it, we don't have to chase, like obviously chasing money and, and achieving some success is important. We live in a capitalist society and we need to provide for ourselves and others, but past a certain point, uh, does it matter? I don't know. <laughs> so I think thinking about those things, even 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 when you're younger, I think it is really important because that can inform um, how, how you kind of proceed in life and in adulthood.
1: So basically what you're saying is you need to, so you need to make a certain amount of money a year to survive, literally survive and to meet your means. But it's this idea of the more money you make, the more stress you have up to a certain point.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I think kind of finding that, that nice middle ground of like, like I said, the least amount of responsibility with the most amount of revenue.
1: That's, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It was awesome to have you on.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Maddie.
0: So, Taylor, what did
1: you think about the interview? I really enjoyed that interview, partly because he's such an interesting author and entrepreneur. He's really contrary to a lot of what the big businesses say you have to keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, keep making more money. But his point was basically, have the the way he sees life is that life is good when you have the least amount of responsibility, but make as much income as that little responsibility lets you. So basically that means is that he's saying life is not just money. You don't, you can, you can chase money to a degree and that's good because you need to pay off your basic necessities. But in general, he enjoys having time outside of his business.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. As I was going through the interview it's so true. It's such a great point because like you said, like even me, like I think of growing a business and being successful as being as big as possible, having the most employees and stuff, but he, like, you don't, I, I love that. Like how his mind works. It's so different from what everyone else thinks yet. He's so successful and he's happy. And he said he turned off his notifications. Like that sounds great. And it's just, I feel like we could, Learn so much from what he's done because I feel like our world <laughs> needs to do what he's done. So, yes,
1: totally. And he also said that his business hasn't taken any investments, like any uh, V venture capitalists or VCs haven't invested in him. And he said he's purposely turned them down. Well, if you don't know much about business, I'm gonna let you in on this. That's a huge deal. That's usually like, venture capitalists. If you're even offered money, that's kind of like, Oh my gosh, that's insane. That's, it's a big deal that people would even think to offer you money. But the fact that he turned them down because he was thinking, I don't want to have all this debt because I'd have to keep working, keep working, keep working. My business would take over my life. I couldn't just run it how I'm doing now. Cause he was saying his business is working fine. How it is. Why, why scale it up and why add on to the debt debt? um, and responsibility.
0: Oh yeah. Like turning down investors. When he said that, I was like, are you kidding? Cause that is so unheard of, like crazy unheard of. And he's freed up and he's doing great. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. And what he also going on to
1: his books, he mentioned deep work as a great book. And during the interview, I said, I've read that twice. And that's completely true. I've read that book twice. It is amazing. It's one of the best books I've ever read. It basically talks about how to get into a state where you can work like really hard and get a lot done and kind of a small amount of time, get into the deepest state of work you can and just fly through your work, be as focused as possible so that you can get a lot done.
0: That's, that sounds like a great book. I feel like when you work, you, it takes a lot of time for me, at least takes a lot of time and stress. So I need to check that out. (laughs) That sounds really, really good. It's an awesome book.
1: Well, anyway, moving on to our announcements. Obviously, go check out our website, aimingforthemoon.com.
0: And yeah, Maddie, what's on our website? So, we have a lot of a variety of stuff. We've got a blog, a ways you can contact us. Uh, there's links to all of our episodes, there's an about page. You can learn more about us. Um, so, I could definitely go and check that out. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, write, subscribe
1: comment whatever they tell you to do nowadays. So yeah. Don't forget. Set your sets high. And aim for the moon.